get a beer. Yeah. No. <clears throat> I seriously considered bringing one in, but I need I need energy for the podcast, and then. Oh. Okay. <laughs> oh shit! Yeah, I was about to say you're double dipping. All right. I've done that before. You got to have an upper and a downer. It, 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 it evens you out. If you drink an energy drink and a beer at the same time, you're like <laughs> even keeled, energetic, but also loose. You know what I mean? That's, <laughs> that's why they made four logos, right? Exactly. And then the government had to go and ban it. Oh, shame. Jesus. Yeah, no, I only went out, what, Monday? Then last night? Yeah. 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 And you left early last night. Yeah, for good reason. What happened? Yolo Dan came back out. You were smart. Yolo Dan did not want to come out. <laughs> <laughs> he apparently did. Oh, my gosh. <clears throat> Yolo Dan was buying shots at the end of the night. I was. He definitely came out. And then I got cut off, so... <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> it was rough. <laughs> like I, I can imagine somebody cutting me off because I'm like half the size of both of you. But uh, no, okay. the guy the guy first was like, he made me drink a glass of water, yeah. I think. And then I don't remember if he gave me shots he, after. He, he was holding the shot and he wouldn't give it to you until you finished the glass of water. <laughs> Jeez. It, well, he made all of us drink water, but uh, yeah. he wouldn't give you the shot until you drank it. I wish that he would not have given it to me at all, but whatever. That was great. I had a, I was a big fan of that. I mean, did you guys like even, were you even playing anything at that point? Or is it just like aggressive drinking? We played about an hour of Killer Queen or like $50 what? worth of Killer Queen, basically. Yeah. Oh my God. We, we, you had one of those big quarter jars and we used the whole quarter jar to play Killer Queen. Um, it turns out, uh, some of the GameFAQs guys uh, are um, aces at Killer Queen. So uh, Really? Was, yeah. Yeah, we were uh, getting smoked. We were getting our ass kicked. Gosh. Um, yeah, because I was, I was getting real cocky when we were playing that earlier in the night because... Uh, we were, we, were, we were playing against some Google scrubs and they couldn't do anything. Yeah. Really? Those, those were the Google people I think we were playing against. I'm not sure. When, were you playing with us? No. Oh, okay. No, no, no. I was playing like early, early on when uh, okay. it was me and Chris being the two different queens. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. No, we were playing against some Google people and they couldn't handle it. Yeah. But yeah, anyway. I'll leave that where it at. Killer, that is. Killer Queen's fun. Yeah. Although I lost in Blitz twice last night. So which, did I. Both to Steven. I, he's been practicing, I swear to God. Because last year, or the last time you guys were here and we went to that same place, I smoked him like four times in a row. Really? And it was great. I don't know. Do you think he has an arcade box at home? No, I literally he just goes over to our Blitz machine in the office and just plays, I think, on his own. Or just has an emulator. Or an emulator. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I thought the box was dead too. The one here? It's dead now. They're just the TV died on it. So oh, they'll replace it soon, I'm sure. But Yeah. Well, you hope so. Yeah. But <sighs> gosh, yeah, because I was trying to play other stuff I haven't played in forever, like the uh the Turtles game, the uh, Simpsons game. And I just it it took no time for me to realize how fucking terrible I am at all of that. <laughs> well, the beat em up games, like, I can you be good at those? I don't yeah. actually know. Yeah, totally. Okay. There's a person for that. I, all right. I just, I just always mash buttons and then feed quarters in. Uh, anyway. Yeah. I always like the competitive games more. I don't know why. I just like yelling at Steven mostly. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to play a game to do that, man. Oh, gosh. Well, I'm glad that everybody's, uh, Alive and sober and yeah, awake. Everybody made it in. Yeah. 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 I'm surprised. I, Steven took two shots in a row before he left and he came in. It, he, I don't know what ha came over him. He's just like, no, I'm taking two shots right now. And then, 
He's like he was trying to finish out that bet we had from two years ago, where he still owed us two shots. Are there people who have not done their shots yet? Uh, just some of the GameSpot people. Okay. All the all the engineers have have taken their licks. Not that, surprised. That's right. I get to pick the Patriots for next year too. For no, we we determined this. You're we decided. <laughs> we just a Patriots fan for next year. <laughs> Not allowed. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, another topic for another time. The dumb bet we have every year about our crappy football teams and which one of them is going to suck the least. <laughs> On that note. <laughs> Welcome to another week of the DevCast, hey, where everybody's welcome like... Welcome to DevCast, where we're all hung up. Well, I don't know how hungover Dan is, but... Not, not at all. The other two of people here are pretty hungover. At so. least one Dan is hungover yes. in this podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So this time around, it's a Dan, a Will, another Dan. It's a double Dan cast. Yeah, which is never fucking confusing at all. <laughs> but yeah, so we're back, alive, mostly. Yeah, yeah. We had a little company outing last night uh, at an arcade bar and got too drunk and are dragging our asses through Thursday afternoon. Yeah, and it's third Thursday, so, so we'll go get a beer. I almost brought one in, decided not to. Yeah. That would have been a bad idea. I'll get one after the after, yeah. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah, so I can go home. And then, right like, after. crash. Exactly. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, I'm tempted to go home right now. Well, after this and just crash mm-hmm. beer, no beer. Yeah. But this time around, I think we're changing it up a little bit right yeah. now. We got a we got a new Dan on the podcast. Uh I am the real Dan. The real Dan, yeah. as he's called in the office, because uh we have two Dans and uh Dan McFowl was first, so he is the real Dan. Yeah. And uh, Dan Hour is fake Dan. Yeah. And that's just how we refer to you guys. I mean, that like you you beat me by a long shot because you've been here for how long? It's been like eight or nine years now. Holy shit. So, no. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, Dan predates almost everybody on the team. I think Regina's been here longer. Oh, Regina and Steven and Steve and yeah. all of the GameFAQs guys. Okay. Yeah, I guess so. I guess you're still one of the, the senior members, though. Yeah. <laughs> Getting up there. Don't sound so sad about it. <laughs> <laughs> There's reasons why I drink so much. <laughs> uh, yeah, you were around. Uh, Back when Giant Bomb was purchased and a rewrite was embarked on on all about uh, with all the sites at once, right? Yeah, so we we got all the sites in Django. They were written in Django. Django. So yeah. Comic Vine and Giant Bomb came over, and yeah, we rebuilt the entire uh, GameSpot stack, GameSpot site stack first, and then uh, migrated Comic Vine and Giant Bomb over yeah. as well. How um, do you know roughly how long that took? Like, are we talking years? Are we talking... Because there was a time... There was like a deadline on it, right? Or some kind of something. I don't know the actual yeah, history. I think it actually uh, went pretty pretty quickly because we started the GameSpot rewrite first and mm-hmm. we had a good portion of that finished um, by the time we had GB and CV come over. And so uh, most of it was getting the model set up correctly, getting the data imported, mm-hmm. um, and, and going from there. Migrated yeah. some users. So I, I honestly don't remember it taking more than maybe six months or eight months or something. Wow. It, was, it seems like it was pretty quick. Yeah, you guys, yeah. It, it, from what I've heard, it went incredibly quick, quick, Like especially considering it took us how many years to finish the wiki rewrite. <laughs> but yeah, well, you know, I know it wasn't a whole team effort on that as it was, I guess, when... like You guys were still maintaining the old GameSpot site, though, right? Yeah, so it was actually me and Jeff Vizi. Um, we had migrated it into AWS, and we spent hours and days and months working together trying to get 
uh, it to actually run well in AWS because we'd moved from in-house hosting that was you know bare metal boxes mm-hmm. that were pretty fast and moving it into AWS, we found quite a few issues. So yeah, and and in meetings this week, Dan has been making me incredibly nervous with talks of this because <laughs> we've since gone back to hosting our, it ourselves, and then now we're going back into the cloud. And uh, Dan's like, "No, it's it's a horrible, awful process, and it's going to be bad." Well, that makes me just sound <laughs> really negative. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> I, it wasn't that. It wasn't that negative, but it was. Uh, you you you're the voice of caution, which I need because yeah, I just moving things into the cloud is never as straightforward as. Uh, self or hosting it yourself i mean you yeah. just you have to find latencies between boxes you're on shared machines mm-hmm. i mean there's all sorts of things that can go sideways so yeah it's, uh, it's, stuff. it's good, to be, good to be slow on that process for sure <laughs> but. yeah um but you know i'm sitting here on the side like watching like steve build all this stuff in like a week i'm like yeah this looks easy like what are you talking about yeah and but <laughs> but i know that's not that's not the hard part yeah um so Anyway, yeah, how did that first, so you went from, yeah, you went from AWS to site hosting. Wait, no, was it site hosting to AWS, back to site hosting? Yeah, and then back to and now we're into doing. Phoenix, and then, yeah, now to GCP. So, yeah, I've been I'm a well-traveled <laughs> cloud expert, I guess. Yeah. I don't, yeah. Or at least moving stuff in and out of it. <laughs> yeah, the, I think the biggest thing that we found moving into AWS was um, the network throughput from our web boxes to memcache was much slower mm. in AWS than it had been um, on bare metal. And so that caused us a whole lot of problems because that old site was cached pretty well. Mm. We utilized memcache very well on that site and it was just very slow to deliver um, pages because it took so long to get the data from memcache. So nice. Yeah. We won't have that problem. Same problem, anyways, with our. Well, no, we'll have a completely different problem, I'm sure, (laughs) because our new site is not as well cached. Yeah, definitely. Um, Definitely should use more memcache. (laughs) Well, yeah. So I I should mention we we brought Dan on. Dan basically is uh, you do a ton of just stuff on the back end, like kind of general back end engineer. Um, You've been known to do some front end work, but not not super often. Yeah, I try to stay away from the front end if, <laughs> if at all possible. Um, but uh, so we're just going to kind of hit a grab bag of all kinds of back-end engineering topics because Dan knows a lot about a lot of them and uh, knows way more than I do about a few things. So uh, I'm going to be learning along with everybody else. Um, yeah, and I'm going to sit here while you guys speak French. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, so, you know, we'll, I think we once we uh, have figured out our cloud um, move and have done it, and can talk about a postmortem. I definitely want to do an episode on what it's like to do a f- migration from a local data center to a cloud. But right now we're smack in the middle of it. So if we uh, started talking about it, I'm sure we would make mistakes or <laughs> whatever. So uh, we'll reach, we'll go back to that at some other uh, future uh, point down the road when it's in the rear view and I'm not so nervous about it. Um, but yeah, so I think we're just going to hit a couple topics that, you know, Dan's been working on some some cool stuff. Uh, a lot of behind the scenes stuff that, you know, if you're using the site, you you may not never may not ever notice. Um, but it's super important for the site and um, the speed of the site and all kinds of stuff. So um, the first one I kind of wanted to address was something pretty huge you did um, this past year, uh, early last year, was um, we upgraded from, you know, site runs on PHP. We've talked about that before. PHP Symphony. Um, we upgraded from PHP 5.6 to PHP 7. Um, and what were the results on that? We basically 
I think we halved our time to first bite. Yeah. So observers. So yeah, time to first bite is basically the time, you know, time it takes your backend web servers to start responding to the client, you know, fetch all the data to get everything ready and start responding. Um, so, you know, just upgrading, we fixed a bunch of deprecations and all kinds of crazy stuff, but, um, just upgrading and eliminating half the servers in some cases. Like yeah. I think, I think giant bomb, we literally cut the servers in half, yep. removed half the web servers. Yeah, we even scaled down the size of them too. So I think we're running on oh, that's right, two yeah. VC, VCPUs versus I think it was either four or six previously. So yeah, so like cut down half, have the resources on half of the remaining boxes and still have the response time. Um, that just makes me wonder how poorly PHP was optimized <laughs> before PHP 7 because damn, I, I, I would love to like read, there's got to be an article or something out there about what they did to do that. To, to improve that because that's some crazy performance improvement. Yeah. Do you know anything about how that happened? I read a bunch of stuff about it a long time ago, but uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't be very knowledgeable <laughs> on the subject at the moment. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was that was pretty cool. Cool process. We um, ended up, I think, mostly for the code changes. It was mostly syntax changes, um, that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. um, we had to upgrade one of our bundles we talked about doctrine upgrading doctrine yeah doctrine we, we've mentioned that before on the podcast but that's our orm you know maps php objects to our database but that sure. was like i think the major the major the biggest upgrade we had to do yeah that was one of the bigger ones and then otherwise just working with our in-house ops team to get all the packages installed and we um switched from CentOS to ubuntu mm, yeah boxes so but yeah that that was a Interesting project. I think we like, what are some of the other things? Like APC we're, we're using, which is the PHP yeah. cache. We had to switch that out to a new version, APCU yeah. instead. Yeah. Um, we upgraded our uh, memcache implementation as well. I don't know if that was directly required oh, by right, that, yeah. but yeah. So yeah, we, there was a lot of code changes there that happened, but. So yeah, in general, it was just like finding everywhere throughout all our entire code base that was using old stuff and then at that point, we literally just turned a key one day, just swapped the servers over and watched the graphs plummet. And uh, in, a, in a good way. Yeah, that's that's always a scary thing when you're, you know. Well, it, we <laughs> I did some did some for yeah. brain. So I, I yeah. had um, we we added a server to the VIP that was right. the new setup, um, and we had that run for you know probably a couple hours at a time, and we parsed the logs and that's found right. found issues that you know were um, that we hadn't fixed yet, and that sort of thing. So. Yeah, the switchover was actually pretty seamless too. Yeah, I, I mean, it, from my perspective, you know, it was just magic. Um, I know, I'm sure yeah. you did. <laughs> but yeah, well, basically what Dan's saying is that we, you know, Giant Bomb runs on something like 20 web servers or something like that. Mm -hmm. And we just popped one PHP 7 box in there to serve, you know, 1 20th of the traffic. And, uh, or I guess it was like 1 40th of the time because it was running on like yeah, almost 40, 40 web yeah. servers. But um, yeah, it was a, there was a lot of servers running the, the site at that point. But anyway, we, you know, popped that in there and, uh, yeah, just looked at the logs and, and tried to find all the broken. So if you were one of those guys who hit the uh, yeah the sorry. one one fortieth of traffic, sorry, I, I, I apologize. <laughs> it's a vital work. It was, it was most likely Google's bot, but you know <laughs> yeah. if it was you, yeah, blame blame somebody else. Yeah, watching watching the IP logs on our table, you realize how much <laughs> Google is just DDoSing every single site all uh, the time. Yeah. <laughs> so so we've had to upgrade PHP a few times since being here, like. Is those it are, those? Are, I think were only dot releases though. This was yeah, the, little the massive. Oh really? Yeah. So we would. I think we went from like five dot five maybe to five six or something. I can't remember. That was a long yeah. time ago. But this was the big one from five to seven. Got it. There was no. There wasn't even a PHP six, was there? 
I don't. Do they skip it like Microsoft? They, <laughs> like skip Windows yeah, Nine? I don't, I don't actually don't know, know, but I honestly don't. I've remember. never heard of PHP six. We just went from five to seven. I don't. Know. It yeah. probably exists. Well, I, that was going to be my question too. Is like uh, when there's a new like major release, uh, how often or like how soon after that do we end up grading? Like, is it like a bit afterwards just to let it settle, or like what's like how do you usually? It, it really depends on what the release is, you know. I mean, if it's if it's a security release, you know, we want to do that as soon as possible. Um, if it's you know some new function calls and stuff like that, you know, like whatever. Um, but like PHP seven was such a you know because we would upgrade little PHP versions for like security fixes and things like that, mm -hmm. um, or like you know one of our packages requires it or something like that. But for seven, it was like yeah, we you know we were looking at all the news stories and graphs and stuff like how much faster it was like all right we that just makes sense to make that massive leap but okay. um, i mean like so did it come out and then once you see all the details and everything you're like yeah we should do this pretty soon oh, we didn't do it like it was like at least two years yeah it was like two years after. oh shit okay <laughs> yeah. yeah i was thinking it was like three no, months no, later no. you're like ah, oh, yeah let's okay that was a combination of all right. yeah let it settle but more just like it's it was on our wish list of things to do for two years until we finally get around to it but yeah because that's not a small project that i mean that yeah. had a lot of fucking details i took so. so we had a previous employee who worked on it for several months before i picked it up after he left mm -hmm. and i worked on it for eight or nine months i think at least oh maybe, yeah. maybe a year yeah it was a long Thanks process well. okay mm -hmm. worth it though do we ever do small projects anymore or is it just the big shit <laughs> uh well it was funny we did our like yearly uh no, not yearly. I guess it was uh, half every half the year. We do a like a big review with of the team, uh, with the team, and uh, you know, we, I it was like, oh, highlight some big projects, like you know, throw it on. Here's the stuff we worked on. But I was like, how much did we actually do? Because uh, we do a bazillion tiny little projects that nobody ever hears about, or bug fixes and things like that. Uh, it was nine hundred pull requests in six months. So nine hundred different. You know features and things we did in in six months so we're doing a lot of little stuff <laughs> behind the scenes oh my god i also pulled a fun stat for those slides uh yeah you did <laughs> uh i there's there's a pretty simple git command you can run to get the number of curse words or well to, to get words that appear in commit messages so i was just like let me search for all the curse words that people have committed into their code and uh <clears throat> I, I was actually pretty high up there but actually yeah. of of the current people that work at the company Dan, our uh, fake Dan, um, <laughs> who uh, who is, hasn't committed code for two years, two years was still number one in number of curse words per in commit messages. So surprise, I've said fuck it. a lot. So <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm ashamed of myself. Actually, yeah, you were, you only had like I've only two, cursed like twice. Yeah, I, that was, apparently I need to curse more in my commit messages. I wonder if that was a mistake. Like, I wonder if we're just going to see exponential increase in curse I, words now. I they they expect so. me to pull that stat every six months. <laughs> Yeah, because there was a couple of people that have had zero, and I admire them, because I could never do that. <laughs> they were literal, yeah, Laura on the podcast before. Yeah. Zero, zero curse words and commit messages. Yeah, don't, don't code angry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was, I was doing CSS, I couldn't help it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyways, um, so yeah, PHP 7, that was, that was a big, I just wanted to touch on that. Like, if, if you have sites running on PHP, that's, that's a cool, it, you know, it's, it's a long process, but, you know, it's definitely worth it, and you know, we've shown that graph around to other engineering groups in the in the company and be like, look, you guys should do this. It, <laughs> it works really well. Um, but uh, yeah, that's going to be whole more giant projects for all the other sites, but whatever. Not our problem. <laughs> 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 um, 
And then other stuff, uh, cool stuff that I've, uh, you know, I just had down here in notes that you've worked on. Um, uh, this was actually a, a project mainly uh, by another person on the team who we might get on at some point, Austin. Uh, but you helped out a lot with it too um, for uh, for our forum posts, uh, comments, things like that. Uh, as you have probably seen on the site every now and then, we get some spam uh, comments. Some There's some pretty interesting methods that we've seen people post spam on the forums. We've, I've seen people basically build up accounts for a year or, you know, for months, just create accounts one by one. And then all at once just flood our forums. And as one account, account gets banned, you just got, you know, 20 more sitting in reserve. Um, and, uh, they basically what they would do is, you know, take these, um, create these accounts, copy paste other people's forum messages and post them as their own. So they look like real form messages. So our spam tools don't catch them. Uh, they'll just create a bunch of these and then, you know, it'll look like, uh, legit posts and then they'll just start posting spam. Um, you know, to get past the, like, t you know, one post per, you know, 24 hour limit or whatever on new accounts. So we've had to do all kinds of cool stuff to get around that. Um, Dan built some cool tools. Uh, we built a new spam detector that, uh, I think it's pretty cool. It uses Amazon's machine learning uh, tools, actually. They're, um, I think it's just called Amazon Machine Learning. Um, but basically, we just fed this model full of, you know, um, you know, however many spam posts we had recorded over the course of however many years. You know, we had hundreds of thousands of spam posts. And then we put an equal number of legit posts in there and just kind of had it go and, you know, we had to tweak all the settings and all that stuff to generate a model. But um, that was a pretty cool project. You, you've worked a little bit with that, right? Yeah, I touched on it a little bit with, with Austin. Yeah. Um, it, yeah, it's, it's been kind of interesting though. One of the things that I really don't like about that model is that you can't, um, adjust those on the fly. So you have yeah. to, you have to go through the AWS panel. Um, and we had talked about maybe moving that over to GCP and seeing what they have at some point, but um, it would be really nice to, um, you know, because I mean, that is a cool project, but one of the, it's, shortcomings is that we're slow to react right. to new spam just because we can't change that model on the fly. So uh, usually Austin has to go in and, and make changes through the AWS panel. So I think that's one of the, yeah. the new features that we would like to do is be able to change that through a coral command or a symphony command or something. Yeah. Just basically have a feedback loop of as new spam comes in, have it adapt. Because yeah, essentially now it's like, you know, if some someone comes up with a new type of spam, like, you know, some I've seen people like post Amazon links or something like that with different text that doesn't look spammy, but you know, a, a, a person would see it as spammy, but you know, it didn't, it doesn't necessarily trip our alarms. Um, so we, what we'll have to do is feed those into the machine, into the back into the machine learning model, you know, re upload it and do all that stuff, which is kind of a pain in the ass, but yeah, have having an auto adapting one, I think is our next big project there. And, um, and you've built some cool stuff to, uh, find similar posts. Which is yeah, how. so there's there's a function in PHP. I can't remember what it's called off the top of my head, but it it uh, compares chunks of text and gives you a a score um, based on how closely they compare to each other. Mm -hmm. um, and so we can uh, do stuff like we added a, a new button called "Identify More Spam Like This," and mm -hmm. it lets you identify a piece of content, and then it will go and um, search for other posts that have been made in the last like five or ten minutes that have a, a high high score of mm -hmm. being like that that text so if there's a spam link or something that 
is that keeps popping up we should be able to automatically identify it yeah so. yeah that was a cool that was basically a response to you know we have new types of spam that pop up you know we're not super quick to respond but now a mod can just say like hey just find everything like this and delete it because you know if you've seen spam attacks on the site it's usually one guy posting uh, the same or similar messages through like 50 accounts um and just doing that all at once so having one button that'll just cleanse the site of that real quick is uh is kind of huge so that's that's kind of the latest stuff we've been Although that, that feature's still in a bit of a beta mode. We need to, <laughs> I probably need to um, read some feedback on that and see how it's working. Yeah. Um, but we we just add that stuff to our 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 queue of spam and, right. and don't don't uh, ban anybody yeah, based we, off of it yet. <laughs> we didn't want to, you know, release this feature and have it find all this similar posts and it turns out we didn't tweak it enough and then we nuke half the users on the site. <laughs> that would be bad. <laughs> so we were, we were very careful with that feature as we deployed it. But, um, so yeah, that's, that's some cool other stuff you've been working on. I, I think the main topic I wanted to touch on though, um, is something that I actually don't know as much about as I, I'd like, uh, to know about it, um, is our Redis infrastructure. So, um, real quick, you know, if, if you haven't dealt with redis before redis is this it's a data store uh, in memory data store um uh key value um retrieval kind of thing i i guess it, it is it considered a NoSQL database i guess or what it can be i mean yeah. it's, it's not not a document store like mongo right is quite but i mean you could treat it pretty similar to yeah. something like mongo if you really want to so like it's it's sort of like memcache but it has a ton more features right you yeah. um things like you know ordering of keys and uh yeah sorted sets sorted and sets scoring and all that stuff so yeah yeah um redis has been pretty interesting learning curve for me actually because i came kind of from the old school memcache um mm -hmm. type caching and i learned a lot of that stuff from steve easley one of our other mm -hmm. principal engineers um and so when we started to adopt Redis, I wanted to treat it the same way. And Redis has so many more features than, mm -hmm. than Memcache does. Yeah, Memcache store. is just a dumb key yeah, value key with value expiration. Yeah. yeah. And so um, obviously if, if you have Redis, you want to use all those fancy fancy tools to mm -hmm. store leaderboards and sets and you know whatever, whatever you can possibly throw in it. And so we just created these massive Redis boxes, and we still have some of them running on GameSpot, which hopefully we're we're going to move away from them pretty soon, but um, we threw everything into one giant Redis data mm -hmm. store. And uh, Redis is single-threaded um, so that you know your operations are atomic. Um, and But that means that, you know, if it if Redis needs to write something to disk or if we need to, you know, run a pretty hefty operation, well, it's going to block everything else right. while it runs that operation. So, so, so when... Uh when I stupidly run the wrong command, which I've definitely done to list keys on Redis uh, in production um, when I was really new here and just needed to find a key. So like, oh, let me just search the keys real quick. Like what, there's a command for it. Uh, and then I locked up our Redis instance for a good, you know, because there's, there's five minutes. There's like 100 million keys on, I think, on one of those GameSpot uh, boxes. So, so yeah, that, that learning curve was, was pretty... Um, kind of big for me to start and and we're still you know dealing with some of those choices that we made a long time ago so we ended up um, having to use a twitter proxy called twem proxy it was or sorry a, a redis proxy called twem proxy mm -hmm. it was it was built at twitter um, and so we put that in front of our uh, redis data set on gamespot and so now we have three massive bare metal boxes that are serving redis um, for us and 
it's still there's three threads, but it still um, is one of our probably our worst actually single points of failure yeah. is um, that Redis setup. So we're I've been working over the past couple of years to to move keys out, migrate things out into different threads, um, it, move it into a different setup or different Redis databases, that sort of thing. Um, and yeah, that's that's uh, it's been an interesting process. Yeah. So essentially. You said it's it's three bare metal. Those are like the sixty four gig. Yeah, each of, box has yeah. sixty four gigs and, and with uh, of again, RAM. Yeah, yeah sixty four gigs of RAM. And again, with Redis, it's single threaded, so they've got either eight or twelve CPUs. But you know, we use one of them at a time because <laughs> Redis is single threaded. So um, yeah, so we're what we're doing to to fix that is we're moving um, ephemeral data, so data that we don't really care about it if it gets mm-hmm. lost. Um, we're moving that to uh, separate Redis. Uh, threads or Redis mm. uh, databases so that we can um, kind of abuse those. So like one of those things is uh, our memcache keys. So we have a, a custom memcache uh, clearing feature. So let's say that we um, publish a new piece of content to the site and we want to flush the cache for the, the, the front door um, stream and then we want to flush the cache in a couple other places on the site so that yeah, a new so, piece of content shows up. So say it's an article and right. the article appears on the front page of GameSpot, it appears on the news door, it appears on uh, the games page for that. We need to know where that article appears everywhere. So when someone makes a change to that article, we can find all the places where that key is cached and then flush them all at once, right? Right. Instead of, like, you wouldn't want to, every time you save an article, just flush your entire cache and repopulate it, uh, which, uh, <laughs> which we had, we have done in the past. Um, <laughs> we might do that. Uh, yeah, so, so that, I mean, storing those, those uh, memcache keys, you know, like, when we say that article, we can go uh, to Redis and say, okay, give me all the keys mm-hmm. for, you know, whatever will update this list or what, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So we, um, that data is pretty ephemeral. We don't really care if we lose that data because right. it just equates a, to a cache flush for us. Mm-hmm. So um, moving all of that data, and we have we don't expire those keys very well in our current Redis yeah. data database, and so that like that memcache data has just flooded our main um, Redis setup, and it you know it's, it's terrible because it's blocking real functions from the site that we need to have run, mm-hmm. um, and so we're moving that stuff into its own standalone Redis DB, and then moving session storage into its stand- own standalone Redis DB, and that stuff. So. You know, if yeah. you're using Redis at home, make sure you chop up your DBs and. <laughs> yeah, I think that's so. That's a that's a good point to like step back and say like what data is in Redis, and kind of the answer is Redis. W- Redis is really easy to use, and it's really easy to just throw data in there. So for too long here, Redis was just our dumping ground. Like yeah, people definitely. just threw data in there, you know, fetched it when they needed it, didn't expire keys. We had just one massive. It was just treated like a pile of shit. And if you needed that shit back, like it was just in that giant pile and you would just pull it out. Um, but then that pile of shit got way too big. Yeah, exactly. And it was too unwieldy. To yeah. <laughs> and so we we actually have um, started the, I mean, I've been involved in that migration process for a couple of years now and we've moved to a few different um, Redis Sentinel setups. Mm-hmm. And so uh, initially when we got on Redis, I don't remember if it wasn't supported in Symfony or we didn't want to have to deal with duplicating the massive data stores that we had but we didn't use master slave um uh we didn't write to the write on the master and then read from the slave which mm-hmm. is how you're supposed to do a master slave setup with redis um we didn't do that and so we've just been hammering the master all the time but sentinel allows us to have a master and then two replicas that um, will do auto failing switch over so mm-hmm. if the master fails we can switch over and then it's it's supposed to route the um 
the get to the slaves so right. that it takes load off of your master and that sort of stuff. And so we have migrated a few things over to a couple of those setups. Um, and that has actually been really pretty productive. And I think that is something that we'll uh, end up using in, in the cloud too when we, when we move there. Yeah. So just so I understand what Sentinel is properly. So essentially it's basically a proxy that sits in front of, or maybe the proxy is the wrong word. It's, it's just a box that sits in front of all the Redis thing. Redis. Well, it can run on your, on your master. Oh, it runs on the master. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so it, it, uh, it, you know, it keeps the, keeps an eye on the health of the master. Um, I mean, if you, if you really want to have like a hardened setup, you can move Sentinel off to mm -hmm. another box. Um, but it also does the, the auto failing, stuff so you know if your redis thread thread your master redis thread stops responding then it mm. can fail over to the to the slave and that sort of thing yeah so i i think before this setup we would have outages every now and then so you know there's so much network traffic going in and out of redis that you know every now and then there's network hiccups there's things that happen in your data center and every time that would happen we would see spikes and errors in um in our you know new relic error monitoring stuff and uh and ever since the Sentinel cluster, I mean, it's, I, I guess that traffic is now failing over if one gets stuck or if there's, yeah. I don't know, I don't know what actually physically is, is happening there, but uh, it's, it's basically just routing that traffic to a, a yeah. new box that's having. No yeah, yeah. So it'll, it'll pick one of the slaves and promote it to a master and okay. then the other slave will just start slaving off of that new one. Did we ever so. figure out what was causing the, those interruptions in the master Redis? Um, was yeah. it, was it dumps like the, yeah, I think we were, dumps? we were, um, SCP. So just copying a giant, uh, Redis database dump, mm -hmm. um, from the slave up to the master. So in the event that the Redis thread failed, mm -hmm. it would start up with fresh data. Right. Um, and that was, yeah, that was making our network chug. <laughs> yeah. So. So yeah, so Redis basically, I, we mentioned this briefly, but it, it stores all its data in memory. You yeah. know, it's, it's in Ram it's in, you know, if, if the box turns off, your data is gone. So we're it, has to, it has to reload that data into memory before it right because it does it up. does write to data to uh, you can a dump file if you, you can want if to. you want it yeah. to yeah and we definitely do because we have stuff that is not ephemeral in there yeah we like I said because we're using this as or we used it as a dumping ground for a long time we have a lot of things like cache keys that we can kill we have a lot of roll up data so you know the wiki you know if you uh, look at a a, video, a game. And it has relations to releases and characters and all this stuff. Um, if we were to pull that on through SQL, through a bunch of SQL joins on every page load, that would be huge. So we roll up a bunch of data, um, or we, you know, we've found other solutions to that where we roll it up in SQL um, in some cases. But we had stored a bunch of that data in Redis, comment counts, yeah. you know, all kinds of small stuff like that. And I think our biggest takeaway has been that you know Redis is fine if you want to store data in there long term and not have you know, not have that data in MySQL or somewhere else. Mm -hmm. That's fine if you want to do that, but make sure that you separate your um, volatile data from your right. actual data that you need to have. Make sure that it's backed up and stored correctly. Yeah, because so. because we basically found ourselves in the point where we have these this massive box full of stuff that, and we have no idea what stuff yeah. is is needed and what stuff's not. And unlike you know, because it's schemaless, because it's just a big bag of data. Yeah. Dan has basically, you've basically just been going through lists of keys and determining what stuff is. Well, right? it's, I, I haven't been that much of an Neanderthal. Um, right. there's a, <laughs> or well, yeah, actually, I don't know a, how you've been doing it. <laughs> there's a, there's a tool called, um, oh, actually I can't, I don't remember what it's called off the top of my head, but it, it allows you to parse, it'll parse through one of those, um, 
RDB dumps the, mm. the database oh, okay. file for you gotcha. and it will build a list of like what the key is and how big the how big or how much memory it takes up. Um, and so we'll, um, that takes about a day to run that on one of our <laughs> RDB files. Um, and I, the last time, so before I started cleaning it out, um, on GameSpot, one of our boxes had over a hundred million keys on it. And so I ended up through the three boxes that were behind that proxy. I used awk and said, and you know, all those, yeah, uh, command line tools to chop up, uh, chop up this massive, um, list of keys that we got and mm -hmm. sorted it by size and then figured out the ones that I didn't want and the ones that should be expired, et cetera. And then used the Redis protocol to delete over 120 million keys in like oh. an, in, in like an afternoon and <laughs> managed to not bring the box down. So it was, <laughs> yeah. In this was the production box running. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So Jeez, I'm glad, I'm glad you didn't tell me about that. <laughs> yeah. Maybe That's I scary. told you. No, about no, no, no. <laughs> not, not in like a, I, you shouldn't have done it, but in a like, Oh, that would have made me very nervous. Yeah. Kind of way. So, I mean, it was, it was definitely, it was pretty safe um, yeah, yeah. just because I was deleting data that I knew we didn't want. And then yeah, if, if I, if I killed the thread, then it would just start up with, with the new data. So I'm <laughs> kidding. Might've been a couple of minutes <laughs> downtime, but you know, running, running commands in production. And so actually funny story about that. Um, I, w I scheduled downtime and it was one of the nights that, you know, that we had downtime scheduled for like 2am or something. Mm. And I was just trying to use the keys command in Redis. So Redis has a command that will list literally every single key if you ask it. And that's ask it too. If, if you're remembering from earlier, that's how I brought down the yeah. production Redis when I first started here. But yeah, <laughs> and so I had I had this massive list of keys that we had moved this data um, out of Redis and back into MySQL. And so I was like, oh, I'm just going to use the keys function, and I'm going to delete all 120 million of these keys during this you know downtime that we mm -hmm. had. So I I wake up at 2 a.m. or whatever time it was, and and I use that keys function, and Redis uh, kept having a seg fault because it would run out of memory, and the whole thing would crash. <laughs> So I spent like two hours trying to, you know, get around that and figure out if there's a way around that and, and, you know, trying to, to fix it and couldn't do it. So I ended up having to do the, run the, uh, the command to delete all 120 million keys oh, while we were, <laughs> while we were live in the daytime. So, <laughs> you know, I tried, I tried really hard. <laughs> Doing stuff at 2am. That's, that's dedication. Yeah. There yeah. you go. I, we, yeah, on, on the previous episode, we told the story of, uh, how I tried to bring infinite backup at 1am on New Year's. New Year's Day, no, technically. New Year's, New Year's Day, technically. No, no, no. After also having a bunch of drinks, but uh, yeah, doing it in downtime <laughs> is probably the, the proper way to do stuff like that. Uh, anyway, so yeah, that that stuff is is cool, and we're you're actually, you know, once we're splitting that stuff up, we're finding ways to use Redis for even more stuff that makes sense now. Like we we used to run a, another service. I'm, I'm pretty sure we just ran the service. You, maybe you know better. Uh, it's called, it's called react. It's another kind of, you know, document, document store, store. no, no SQL, store, no SQL store. Also uh, just note that's not react. That's no, it's a whole different R I A K react. Okay. Correct. Um, I'm, I'm pretty sure from what I've heard that it was just someone wanted to learn react. So they built a feature using react that may or may not have been a person <laughs> sitting in this room. Oh, this room. oh, is it? I okay. Remember. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, that was me. Uh, it was, it was, uh, Danny, one of the former managers that worked here, um, he wanted to port over the stuff, um, the active, well, actually I think we were building activity streams to start with. Mm. And so, um, so that's the thing on your profile page that says what you've been doing. Like, yeah. you know, I, you posted a comment here, so, you know, all that stuff. Yep. So, um, yeah. And, uh, we had used in, I don't, if anybody is familiar with GameSpot lore, um, there was a fuse.gamespot.com 
which oh, is like our social I've, I've heard social media. Lore, yeah. yeah. That was that was a long time ago. And <laughs> and so that was all based on MongoDB. Um and we'd had um some issues with Mongo. Um and one of our bigger issues was that we didn't again clear out data that we should have been clearing out. Um and so our MongoDB just got massive. Um and so we decided to switch to React because it was the new hot thing at the time and we thought it'd be cool and yeah, I mean, and, and it's worked. And it's yeah, to be fair, yeah, it's it's been, for years, it's yeah. been very solid. We haven't really had any problems with it. So um, the, the only problem I have with React is we have to deal with it so infrequently that every time I have to like test something using it, I have to completely remember how to get data out and put data into it. Um, yeah. So yeah. So and that's a pain. But uh, the cool thing about React is you can manage it all with curl commands. So you can yeah. just run them all from your command line and and dump data into it. So yeah. Actually, I, that's funny that you say that. I was thinking about the other day. It's been really solid for a long time. Know, we like, done we've been talking it. about replacing it. And it's like, well, I mean, we haven't actually had to touch it in a long time. <laughs> so should we? But yeah. I mean, yeah, I, Redis is a is a better place for that since we, you know, yeah. we want to reduce the number of different things we have to do. Yeah. yeah. And we know we know Redis pretty well now. So. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, by the end of this process, we should only have, well, I guess we have, what are our data stores? We got MySQL. We've got Redis. Uh, React is going away. I guess Elasticsearch can be, you know, uh, counted as a data store. It's an index, um, but that's and then Memcache for oh, and Memcache for cache cache. Stuff, yeah. um, So we're trying to get that down to a smaller number just to be more manageable um, where where we can, where it makes sense. But um, yeah. Anyway, what else? Any any other fun Redis or? related stories or anything you can think of off the top of your head or anything really oh um, man um trying to think about anything fun or funny <laughs> about redis i don't know sometimes don't it's know. just soul crushing <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> no but so uh i did want to talk about though um funny stories from from GameSpot. Oh yeah, I, I definitely did want to go some double is back it, to that oh, and, okay. and go and hear some old tales of GameSpot before I was here. Is that now or are we waiting for that later? No, let's do that now. All right, let's awesome. <laughs> so I uh, I started I was started as a contractor uh, working on GameSpot and that was back when um, Simon Oyama, I don't yeah. know if you guys know him or not, but no, this has been seven or eight or nine years or something like that. Um, but I had started as a contractor and then got brought on full time. And this was literally within maybe the first month or so that I had been like a full time engineer mm -hmm. working um, for GameSpot. And, um, you know, I'd, I'd been contracting for like a year before that. So, mm -hmm. you know, I, I knew the knew the site pretty well, knew the new stuff fairly well, thought I had things figured out, you know, knew what I was doing. And so we had, uh, we wanted to deal with uh, 404s. We, we had this idea that we were going to offer a search function on a 404 page yeah. and if you know if there was a query or something involved we'd automatically run a search and offer search results and try to show people you know hey cool cool new feature great yeah, right yeah. <laughs> so um at that time we were using google's hosted search and they charge you by the query okay um, yeah so still didn't really no alarm bells were ringing yet in my <laughs> head although they should be in yours at this point um and so you know we we spent i don't know several probably two, two or three sprints, you know, getting this, uh, getting the new page set up and getting the search stuff set up and everything and finally launched it. Um, and everything is going good, looking good. And a month later we get the search bill from Google and we weren't blocking any bots on that page. 
And so the, the, the bill for the search that month was like 120 grand or something insane. (laughs) Just for a 404 page. (laughs) Yeah. And so of course, you know, Simon comes and says, uh, Hey, what, what, what do you know about this? I'm like, Oh man. So, uh, yeah, I, you know, I, I offered to resign. I was so mortified that I was like, Oh "Oh, man, how are we going to fix this? (laughs) And so luckily Simon had uh, some contacts at Google and he talked to him and, you know, it was bar- probably Google's own down. bot. Like, yeah, they, doing, I think yeah. it was mostly Google that was hammering <laughs> us. And so, yeah, he, he bargained it down to, I don't remember. It was, it was under a thousand bucks by the time oh, he, wow. he figured it all out. So he sa- he saved me that time. So <laughs> that's, that is the most terrifying thing for me always, you know, as I'm, you know, getting more into the cloud stuff and, you know, you can spin up things and have them run rampant and just not realize it and yeah. bills come back. So I think the first thing, I, this was probably before Google even had billing alerts and things like that. I imagine, I, I doubt they oh, had yeah, it back yeah, then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, uh, the first thing I want to do as soon as we're in the cloud is set up a billing alert for if we ever go over. Um, I was worried about that actually, you know, we, we had our chat episode recently and, um, you know, I talked about that, that one time I actually broke chat because uh, it was trying to do user counts. Um, and it was counting the users basically on everybody's machine over and over again. Um, and sending that data back up to, uh, to Firebase. Um, and it was a similar thing where I watched the, the, you know, it's, they charge by, um, uh, data transfer, uh, which was still pretty low, but they also charge by, uh, CPU seconds, um, that, you know, it has to run this. So I watched it, you know, I just opened up the query, like chat's running slow. What the hell? And it's like, 7,000% 7,000% utilization. It was like, oh God, shut this down oh, immediately. Cause I, and it was still in like a loop. So it took like minutes for that to jump back down. But that was one of those things where I, I didn't realize it a month later. I thankfully realized it right away. So it only yeah. cost like a hundred bucks or something like that. But those, those are always really, really fun <laughs> moments when your, your heart just stops. Heart like, oh yeah. my God. <laughs> uh, I've been there quite a few times. Um, yeah. Anyway, and any other times you've, brought down the site or oh geez i mean i yeah i don't know so yeah many times like <laughs> what is today probably once or twice this week <laughs> uh, not not to put you on the spot i mean i, yeah. I just love those stories because we all have them i've i've brought down the sites myself a half dozen times at least this year uh, oh yeah sure <laughs> i you know i can't really remember any being as funny as that that search issue though yeah, yeah most of the time it's just like dang it what did yeah. it do? what's happening <laughs> And usually it's, you know, it's a small portion of it. You know, everybody makes a mistake and, you know, your testing process, your verification stuff didn't cover that. And you just got to learn from it. But, um, I haven't, I haven't taken down Redis in a while, mainly because I just make you handle it all the time. Yeah. yeah, Stay away from my, my, my Redis. All right. Yeah. My precious. (laughs) Uh, anyway. Um, yeah, those are all the, the sort of backend topics I wanted to talk about. Um, any anything from you, Dan? You've been you've been quiet over there. No, I learned at least three things this time around. This is great. Um, uh, yeah, sorry if we this was this is probably our deepest dive into uh, a bunch of technical jargon and stuff. So hopefully, if uh, hopefully we weren't too um, crazy with the the lingo and stuff. But. No, I mean like I think my whole thing is that uh, sure we have some episodes like design where like kind of everybody gets because it's boxes and text. <laughs> So most people can understand that, but I actually like this because I don't know all the terminology, but understanding like there's different layers to like how everything is stored and like Mm -hmm. how we have to access different things. And like there's multiple tools for all this. Uh, Yeah, I don't understand it, but it's still 
<laughs> super interesting. Yeah. But. No, I, I even I I learned some stuff today, so that's good. Nice. Anyway, do you want to get uh, to a couple questions from from last week's episode? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think we only had that too. Yeah, we only had a couple. Um, um, but we had one of the folks that was asking. Can we ever get the option for the site to display 24-hour clock for upcoming shows and the like? See, the problem there is we're dumb Americans, and we, we don't use the 24-hour clock like the rest of the world. So Are we dumb or are we smart? <laughs> we got to chop it up in two because it's more efficient. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, no, I, you know, it's, it's always hard to add new, like, profile options and support them and things like that. Um, but that being said... Instead of the inferior 24-hour time, uh, we have built into the site anywhere it displays a time. We do have Swatch Internet Time built into the site. So all you got to do is add a Swatch, question mark, Swatch equal one. Maybe we should add a setting for this somewhere. Um, Either way, we're adding a setting. So like, which one is it going to be? Is it going to be Swatch or is it going to be 24-hour? I think, I think we have to go with the superior Swiss-based. The Swiss are just better at time. That's a known fact. So okay. I think wow. we should go with the superior Swiss version uh, of Swatch Internet Time. Well, you heard it here first. So okay. You yep. can use you can preview that feature on the site by Swatch equal one in the URL bar. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, in the meantime, before we get that setting up. But uh, all right, crazy idea. So we used to have the user dropdown where there was this this the theme switcher like right there, mm -hmm. and it ended up just kind of being a nuisance and being like in the way because there was mm. many more important settings that we could be putting there, but right. we chose that one. What if we put something more important and had the swatch toggle? The swatch switcher? Yeah. Why not? Let's do it. It could be right there. Draw it up. I'm just trying to right. say swatch switcher in my head. <laughs> yeah. It's hard to say. Swatcher? <laughs> Let's just go. call it the swatcher. swatcher. Fuck it. Yeah. That's yeah. a feature. We should just, anybody who's coming in from an IP from Switzerland, we should just give them swatch time because I'm pretty sure that's what they use, right? Sure. Yeah. 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 yeah that's what uh, Swiss people do. <laughs> Um, <laughs> but, anyway, that was okay. a long, dumb yeah. answer, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, 24 hour time. I, you know, I don't know. It's, it's always a question of like wearing or where to, how, where do you draw the line at too many settings? Yeah. Um, and I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. That's it. That's the line right there. Yeah. Is that the line? Yeah, I guess. I mean, so to give credit, there's mm -hmm. the settings page that we have right now. And that thing is, it is a disaster. <laughs> Not great. Um, uh, it was never designed. Yeah, it was never. It, it was never designed. No, it was a programmer that built that, and just it's very functional. Yeah, but uh, there's stuff on a page. But and we just when we need new stuff, we just add new stuff to the bottom of the page, and that's that's yeah. the extent of the design on the profile settings page. That's how web design works. <laughs> but uh, I was fiddling around with the redesign for that page, uh, like yeah. in November. When I was a little bit loopy from the the, the launch of the redesign, <laughs> um, we could actually add more stuff, and it's not that bad. Yeah. It's just how we lay it out. Yeah, so I that... think we I, before we start adding all these crazy settings for time, and I mean, we added one for autoplay uh, or postplay on on a video. Mm -hmm. um, so you know, it's not like we're against it. It's just you know, if anyway, we just need to redesign that page so it makes more sense. But yeah, 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 and where it's just not. So never. Mind. I'm not going to get into it. Yeah. <laughs> Next question, though. Uh, yeah, this was, this was more of a statement, I guess. <laughs> well, I mean, see, yeah. All right. So somebody saying, I cannot stand Symphony. Uh, and the more I listen, irks me. I am working on a project with a client in Symphony 2.8, which I'm pretty sure, is that what we we're use? We're on 2.7 right now, right? Or no? I don't know what we're on. I don't remember. Yeah. Anyway, and, we're, anyways, and, we're and, upgrading very soon. but And they say it's horrendous. Uh, and they're not big on upgrading. So, uh, what is the like 
latest version of Symphony? Is that like three something? The four. I think they just came out with four. Um, okay. I mean, we were. Four is going to be crazy though for us because it it's all changes everything. Yeah. It changes a lot of stuff apparently. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we're we're on uh, the two dot versions. Um, you know, we whatever version of you know security patches and stuff they've done because they still support two dot whatever right now. Um, not for long, but um, you know we're looking to upgrade to three and. You know, I'm someone who's worked uh, in ASP.NET. Uh, I've worked in uh, some pretty horrendous CMSs that were written in VB. I've worked in a lot of things. Um, and, you know, Symphony's all right. You know, it's not perfect by any means. It's pretty, it can be bloated. Like, what do you think, Dan? I'm not, you've been... Has it? You've been working with it long, much longer than I have. Do you think it's... Um, I, I actually like Symphony. Yeah, yeah. I, like, I like Symphony quite a bit. I... Uh, my problems tend to be with more with doctrine than yeah. ORM. I, I, it, sometimes that gets pr pretty bloated and it can be unwieldy, very yeah. unwieldy at times. But for for the way our our site is architected, maybe I mean it. This person may be like they the, they could be totally legit. Like their use case might not be right for Symphony. Uh, it turns out our site was designed for it and was designed with most of the best practices I think for Symphony in mind. Um, and as a result, it's it's fairly easy to maintain. I, I don't run, Symphony does not bug me as much as, you know, uh, other uh, MVC frameworks I've used, as much as, yeah, w what you were saying, Dan, Doctrine, which Doctrine can just be a hole you just disappear in for days just trying <laughs> to fix a small little issue. Yep. Just because it's, you know, it's built to do everything ex except that one thing you need, <laughs> right? Like it, it's, the, it's a, it's a do all solution except when you run into that one thing that it doesn't do and it's hard to you just you're just like i have the damn sql query that i want to run <laughs> i know the sql query i just want to run this sql query will you fucking let me run the sql query um and it doctor just says no <laughs> and you you have to write it in dequel or whatever you know anyway yeah. um but yeah i think Wait, i think a lot dequel? <laughs> dequel what the fuck is that is that like dequel doctrine just... doctrine query language it's yes. their what? version of SQL. Anyway. Okay. All right. Whatever. That's fun <laughs> stuff. Um, I think I think that's one good rule of thumb if you're designing something. If you're writing uh, an in rewriting your own version of an industry standard language, I think you've gone down the wrong path. <laughs> <laughs> like if we're writing our own version of SQL, we've gone way off the deep end. Yeah. Um, but anyway, doctrine doctrine <laughs> gives us gives us some headaches. But and you know I think. I think there's some legit problems with Symphony, like routing. I think can be a kind of a pain in the ass sometimes. And well, we've done a lot on. We, yeah, we've a, kind of on top of routing. We've kind of bastardized yeah. a lot of that. So again, I th sometimes you kind of are your own worst enemy. But um, you know, I don't. I have, I'm not looking at this guy's code or the code he has to deal with. I guess uh, he could be very um, right in his hate of Symphony. But yeah, I, I I think we tend to like it here. It's not too bad. But, yeah. I'm anyway. sure, depending on the project, the length of the project too, like they could have inherited it and just yeah. getting dumped into it and that could be pretty oh, yeah. crazy sometimes. So the fact that we could sit on it for a few years and like really dig yeah. in is, that's something. Yeah, yeah, we're we're doing all right. Yeah. But that's it for questions. Yeah, if so. you have questions for, you know, about anything uh, at all, you can put them in the comments of this episode. If it, uh, About any of our previous episodes. We tend to just look at the previous episode um, uh, that went out for in the comments for questions. So, um, yeah, if you have questions about any uh, any of stuff from design to engineering to whatever, you can put them in the comments. Yep, yep. Um, but, yeah. 
Cool. Well, thanks, Dan, for uh, stopping by. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was it was a good time. Yeah. yeah, it was nice to have some more Dan's on the fucking show, man. That's <laughs> true. We just need one more Dan, and we'll just have an all Dan podcast. It'd be great. Yeah, it's called Dancers. They've done that before. Yeah, just get Dan Record in here, <gasps> and oh Danny my. O'Dwyer, and we'll just do all Dan's. Yeah, well, we should also get Danny Chi on here. Oh, Danny, you know what? We actually, I bet Danny Chi would come back and do that. Yeah, he'd be down. He works I'm, right down the street. I'm actually yeah. supposed to go get a beer with him tonight. Oh, so there you yeah. go. Oh. I'll ask him. Oh, good. <laughs> also, more beer. Have fun. Yeah. 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 Fantastic. Good luck. Come well, on. I guess that's it. But uh, we'll be back next week talking about I'd fucking, I don't know. Yeah. We haven't decided yet. So yeah, we'll figure it out. Anyways. Uh, yeah. Thanks, guys. And I guess we'll be talking to you later. All right. Thanks. All right. Later. later.